Hello and welcome to Keanu Club, like a cool breeze over the mountains. This is episode 51, Something's Gotta Give, from 2003. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And with us today we have Tobin Addington. Hello, Tobin. Hey, guys. So aside from John, who did the Matrix stuff, you were our previous guest. So you are back. It's great to have you back. I'm sorry that we had to watch this movie. I'm sorry personally, for myself at least. I couldn't help but think that after we did Cage's action trilogy, the first movie he did was City of Angels. And here, after Keanu has a year of The Matrix, you know, where we have the Animatrix and Reloaded and Revolutions and Enter the Matrix, then we get this. I can't help but draw comparisons between the two. And I like City of Angels more. This is just very clearly not for me. Like, I am not the target demographic for this movie. (laughs) I don't think any of us really are. We're all a little too young uh, for this one. And yeah, this and City of Angels, you know, they're both romantic movies, I guess. I'll give them that much. That one's not so much a comedy. This one at least has like a few laughs in it. But I guess the main thing is Keanu isn't the lead here, right? Like, Cage was the fallen angel in that movie. And here, Keanu is just... Dr. Keanu every once in a while. So that was a little disappointing that he wasn't sort of more upfront in this. But it is kind of strange that he just kind of does like these crazy Matrix movies. And now it seems like he's just like got an easy one to walk through. You know, this doesn't seem like a very big stretch for him or anyone really. This is a very light movie. Yeah, you can imagine this being a real breath of fresh air after the making of the Matrix movies, right? I mean, first of all, he gets to be in a movie with Jack Nicholson and he gets to romance Diane Keaton and and he gets to play a doctor and he only has about eight scenes and he gets to be charming and funny and, and tragic or at least sort of melancholy. And not to give everything away here, but he, for me, he is the best part of this movie. He is, he is really charming in this movie. But I think that, you know, I understand all the million reasons why he he would want to do this this movie next. I was just kind of bummed. Like, I wanted to like him more in this because I wanted to find something in this that I liked. But <laughs> we were, you know, he's done so many romance movies. I think the most recent one we probably did, Mike, is Sweet November. And Cage was so good in rom-coms. And, like, here we finally got, like, a rom-com. And he's not funny at all. And, like, he's written that way. Like, it's not like he's, like, try- right, like right. actively trying not to be funny. But, like, he's just this earnest, sincere guy, and, like, the level of that hurts me. And, like, he's even such a good guy at the end that at the very, very end of the movie when he realizes that Diane Keaton is still in love with Jack Nicholson, he just, like, bows out and just doesn't return to the movie. Like, they're on a date, he's just like, oh, you're still in love? I'm such a gentleman, I will let you go. And I'm like, no, do something wacky. Like, this whole movie is, like, you know, a comedy of some kind. Do anything remotely funny, but nope, not in the cards. Yeah, and and it should be noted, they are in Paris on Diane Keaton's birthday after several months of successful dating that Jack Nicholson just shows up at the end and thinks he's got a shot because what she wrote the play about them but <laughs> Keanu is still like yeah you know it's been a great what it's been a great eight months and we're in Paris but I'll see you later like go go with Jack Nicholson yeah that was all very very strange there going on and there was also ample time in the middle of this movie to montage or something to show Keanu and Diane Keaton dating more because they they do get there, but they skip over it to show 
depressed Jack Nicholson moping around his apartment. I think it is incumbent upon me to put up a little bit of a defense of this movie and definitely a defense of Keanu. So I come to Nancy Myers, the woman who, who made this movie, with a little little bit of a soft spot and maybe a little apologetic for how much I... It's not correct to say how much I like her movies, but I appreciate them. All the way back to Father of the Bride, that was one of the movies that my family watched all the time. The remake, the Father of the Bride remake with um, Diane Keaton and Steve Martin. And it's a great movie. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. And I sort of followed her. You know, that's about the time I was learning who directors were and what they did. And I think she was just credited as the writer. I think her husband was the credited a director before they, they divorced. But anyway, I have a bit of a soft spot for the kind of kinds of movies she makes. They're look, they're soft around the edges. There's nothing really difficult. Things are always clearly going to work out for the main characters who are usually women. You know, it's definitely not pitched at our demographic, but, but there's an easygoing charm to them that I am a little bit susceptible to. I think just because I watched that the Father of the Bread movie so much as a kid. Now that said, they get way too long. They get way too shaggy. There's, there, there really aren't real emotional stakes. And I do think that this is one of my least favorite. I'll, I will probably never watch this one again. However, I do think Keanu is fantastic in this movie. I think he has such do a... Do you? I do. Every scene he's in, he has... This is... I would say that of the Keanu movies I have seen, this is one of my favorite performances of his. I want to spend more time with this guy. I want the movie to be about him. And I sort of feel like maybe it, at one point it was going to be, and then they got Jack Nicholson and suddenly... like It feels like two movies slammed together a little bit. The older woman, younger man, and the older man, older woman... And, and they don't fit very well together. But I think I find Keanu endlessly charming every time he is on on screen in this movie in ways that I don't in other sort of romantic movies that he's done. Well, so one thing that I read was that Nancy Myers wrote these parts specifically for Diane Keaton and Jack Nicholson. So I don't think it was meant to be meant to revolve around Keanu. It might have been like you said, that it was a separate movie that she slammed together with this one. I don't find him interesting. Like, I don't think he's bad because like we've seen him be sort of awkward and stilted in other things i think that he's just like the character is boring there's no flaw to him like he's kind of this ideal man that diane keaton could have but instead she sort of wants the flaws of jack nicholson yeah and also he's the sex appeal pretty much right like he's dr good looking and that's all he really needs to be and and he likes the older woman i think that's what this movie's trying to get at is sort of show the parallel there where jack nicholson is like the older guy who goes after the younger women. You have Keanu, who's the younger guy going after the older women. And I think they should have played with that longer, right? Like they should have all gone out on a date together. Diane Keaton and her daughter, Jack Nicholson and Keanu, go play the foursome thing for a while until everything sort of melts down, hopefully with hilarious results. Uh, Unfortunately, not so much here. Instead, it's strange that it starts and sticks with sort of like this misogynistic, apologetic tone for for a while until Diane Keaton shows up and throws down girl power pretty hard and you know not to mention her sister and stuff and like I really think that stuff's great I guess that works best in here but I don't really know what this movie's getting at for me like it's it wasn't <laughs> funny enough to hold my interest and it just seems like problems I don't deal with so I don't know how to enjoy this I think part of the problem is that Jack Nicholson is a straight up creep in this movie. He is so <laughs> he is so lecherous 
and, and maybe it's just the world we're living in in 2017 where I'm feeling a little more <laughs> bruised about that, I guess. But I do not find him charming at all. I find him to be sort of relentlessly creepy. I mean, he, the way he leers at Amanda Peet in, in early in the movie and, and says his, you know, we haven't had sex yet, have we, line? And it's like it's like he's literally going to just eat her. And it's just that's, gross. By the way, that's a, that's a pretty good Nicholson. I, I got to give it to you. <laughs> I think he is just a total, total lech in this movie. I sort of imagined that he was he was the Jack Nicholson character from The Departed, and this is what he was doing when he wasn't. Oh. You know what I mean? Like that he he read he read more as he'd go. I'll do all that depraved shit for most of the movie for me anyway. I'm just trying to find things to like. Like I don't think anything about this is bad. Like I get why it works, and I get why people would like this, and I get that. I just I'm just struggling to come up with words to figure out ways to like defend things. I'm just having a hard time here. You don't find the scene where Keanu sort of withholds his forgiveness. So um, Diane Keaton has stood him up and it sort of... Oh, wait. Like, that is, first of all, <laughs> like, that is a fantasy right there. Oh, I think, okay, this is, this is maybe, maybe this will unlock the movie a little bit for you. Sometimes her movies are called sort of lifestyle porn. You know, when, when Amanda Peet brings Jack Nicholson into the house in the Hamptons that's her mom's house this beautiful mansion on the beach the perfect beach perfect house perfect beach house okay so every movie she ever makes she has that movie The Holiday where the people sort of swap like Airbnb style or whatever that thing is where they swap houses one in London and one in New York I think I can't remember it's been a long time and then fall in love in the course of all that so all the interiors are just sort of beautifully designed and gorgeous and nobody really has to worry about money and they're all like they're leading these these lives of clearly of privilege beyond privilege like of wealth and that everything's just sort of perfect and yet they're still neurotic and they have all these issues and, and so there is a segment of the population for whom that feels good. Like they, they go, they go to movies for that. My mom is an example of this. She loves Nancy Myers movies. And that's what she wants out of the movie is to sort of like the fantasy of what it would be like to be Diane Keaton in this world. Well, if this, if you, so if you think of the movie that way, then Keanu's character has to be the fantasy. He is the perfect, he has to be perfect. You know, he has to be ultimately forgiving and selfless and hot and uh, Yeah, but is that interesting? Well, I mean, not to you. Clearly not to you. Um, <laughs> well, you know, the way I'm starting to see it sort of differently now by just trying to peer into the appeal of it, and it, it actually now is starting to look more like one of those movies from the 40s or yes. 50s with Cary Grant right. or something, right? right? Like, it's just like a mixed-up situation, and it's going to be a big misunderstanding, but at the end, we're all going to fall in love with the right people and everything. And I guess from that vantage point, I understand this a bit more. You have to think of Keanu as the perfect piece of furniture in that house. That's what he is. You know, it's not meant to be a three-dimensional character. That's not the, the purpose that he's serving. And I think he knows that. And I think he, I think for my money, he plays that beautifully here. I didn't think about this while watching this, but based on how Tobin was describing, you know what this reminds me of, Mike? It reminds me of Life Underwater going oh, all the way really? back. Uh, because, okay, because... The one with, um, with Sarah, Sarah Jessica, Jessica Parker. Parker. Because going all the way back to this beautiful beach house where these people have these sort of superficial problems, they're all successful. Like, everyone in this movie is successful. Everyone in this movie is to some extent beautiful. I think that there's parallels to be drawn. I mean, they're different in tone, but they're similar in setting. They're similar in affluence. I'm not sure. 
I hear what you're saying. It's all, it's like rich white people's problems, right? And, yeah. and things like that. Yeah. And there's the, also like the beach connection as well and the giant beach, beautiful beach houses and good looking people all around. Yeah, absolutely. I, I could see that parallel there. Totally. And I mean, again, I think like the big problem is Keanu just is underused where he is a great tool here. I don't understand why he isn't in this more and why we get Jack Nicholson, you know, having three heart attacks. I mean, one is totally enough, right? And I feel like even that, it, it just one night staying over at the beach house is enough to gain sort of a connection or that empathy or whatever they need for each other that would last the rest of the film in which we could see her struggling to connect with Keanu and Keanu being sort of just steadfast and trying to make it work no matter what and then I feel like at the end it would make a little more sense as to why he sort of relents or gives up or just decides like yeah you know, I want whatever makes her happy situation. Yeah. Let her go with Jack. Right, but you're thinking about this movie from his point of view, and this movie is not at all interested in his point of view. This- yeah, but I feel like there's room for at least more of that as, you know, I feel like we get plenty... I feel like you could squeeze some of that in here somewhere. Oh, I want to see the movie where Jack Nicholson isn't in it at all, and it's just Diane Keaton and and, and Keanu Reeves. I, I completely, completely agree. I just think that in wanting there to be more... In wanting to, for him to have more character, Mrs is the point of what the movie is trying to do with him. Uh, now, I, again, this script would not make it out of my class. You, you know, like they do like triple backflips to get Jack Nicholson staying at Diane Keaton's house, right? Where he's he's on his way out of the hospital and like faints in the like in the parking lot or whatever. And Keanu's like, okay, we're going to take you back inside the hospital. You're you're just recovering from a heart attack. And he's like, no, I can't go back. So I'm not going to let you go in a car. Well, we're, what can we do? And they just like <laughs> look up at Amanda Pete and like, oh, we'll just go stay at Amanda Pete's mom's house. Harry, I'm sorry, but I can't let you travel quite yet. I ain't going back in there. Well, I can't put you in a car right now, and I can't leave you in the parking lot. Well, I won't sue you. If that's what you're thinking, I'll sign whatever you like. Just let me go back to the city. Here's my best offer. Oh. 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 I won't put you back in the hospital if you promise to stay nearby for a few days. Get a nurse and let me keep an eye on you until you get your strength back. Stay nearby. <laughs> Doc, where do you suggest I go? Like, no doctor in his right mind is ever going to do that, you know? <laughs> Which then got me thinking that actually a cool version of this movie would be a much, much darker one where Keanu Reeves is masterminding the whole thing. Ooh. Like, to like, and gaslighting everybody. There's a version of this movie that could be super, super cool. I guess I do like what it's saying with Jack Nicholson in the realm of act your age, right? Like, not only is he only date women under 30, but he owns, like, a hip-hop rap label, you know? Like, I picture a guy like him, you know, maybe I'm being ageist, but, like, he would have, like, a jazz label or or something, or, or a guy like Sinatra signed to one of his labels, you know, like lounge music or anything. So I, I do think on some level it makes a pretty interesting point about that. But even that, to me, gets lost sort of in the mix. And it's just more about flirtation and romance and that kind of stuff. It just wore a little thin around the edges for me. It's not my fantasy, so yeah, I guess that's right. why. You know, it's totally thin. No, you're, t- you're totally right. And I, and I think that in the end, the movie 
has a, actually a very conservative view. You know, like the movie's kind of telling us that everybody has to act their age, which means that they all have to pair off with their own age group. So Amanda Pete ends up with a young guy and Diane Keaton abandons, as you say, abandons Keanu in Paris on her birthday after months of dating to go off with Jack Nicholson. A part of me wants to say, well, why can't this movie end with Keanu with her like that wouldn't that be a more that would immediately make the movie a little more interesting and in fact my mom when she watches this movie stops the movie before that last scene so that in her mind diane keaton is with keanu reeves well you know how there's the play within the movie right where she's eventually we're seeing that her play is what we've been watching this whole time uh and he dies in her play and i thought they were gonna kill him off i mean i was like why not like that would be bold and interesting and what the story dictates in a lot of ways like they're setting that up to me is what i mean he's had like one major heart attack two other visits to the hospital all this talk about dying and death and him coming to terms with life and everything like that it wouldn't have been uncalled for no (laughs) i'm out of words um I, i I don't have anything to say there, but like that's another. I'm just trying to think now. Comparisons to Life Underwater, that was all based on a play, and there's plays here too. So like, I'm just I'm just living in my own little place in my podcast here, where I'm comparing this to another thing that I didn't really like. I just think that there's so many ways that it could have been more interesting. That if Jack Nicholson died, or if if anything happened to anybody, it just. <laughs> oh man, you did not like this movie at all, did you? No, because there's well, even... at least he has a heart attack, right? I mean, I I, I wouldn't maybe if he like broke a leg or threw threw his back out. I mean, that would have been more believable. Then he can't leave the house, you know, at all whatsoever for a couple days or something like that. You know, throw his back out having sex with her daughter and then they end up falling in love for the weekend. I don't know. I'd rather see that. Tell me at least that you liked the peach. I mean, as a callback, I to did K- like the Cage peach. Club. I wrote, I wrote down the thing that Keanu holding a peach was kind of amazing. I like Amanda Pete in this movie. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. I, I like, like her and everything. I like her and everything too. She's just she's got stereotypical white person problems too. Like she's like, oh, I'm it's, I'm in love with my daddy and he's getting married. Right. My new stepmom's only like three years older than me, but I have to do this million dollar auction at Christie's. So can you come into the city to hold my head while I cry? <laughs> like it's so strange. Like I can't relate. Whatsoever. So, so my wife worked at Christie's for a number of years, and uh, that Christie's stuff I found pretty laughable. And uh, you know, I don't want to be the person who's like calling out the doctor who calls out the scenes where the medicine's wrong or whatever. But I did laugh when she said in her office, like, "Okay, I've got to go sell forty million dollars worth of art," and it's like on the on the the big night sales, like one painting goes for forty million. Like it's that's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Uh, and that she's the one actually doing the auctioneer. Anyway, yeah, I don't, don't need to get into that. But I, <laughs> yeah, that was amazing that she's the auctioneer. Yeah, just, I didn't get that. That doesn't happen. <laughs> that doesn't happen. Not in the big room anyway. But no, you're right. They all have they all have hashtag white people problems. Like that's the that is what this movie is about unapologetically and you either uh, want to experience that fantasy or you don't. And I don't know that any of us do. I mean, I'm never going to watch this movie again, but I, I feel like I have a better sense of I've been, I've been sort of acculturated to what it's trying to do. Like, I know what it's trying to do. I don't know why people would love... I guess I'm just not in the right mindset at all. I keep thinking about something that I told you earlier, Joey, is that I, I feel like this is a movie for people who don't watch a whole lot of movies or get the chance to, really. Like, we watch so many movies. This isn't something really in our circle of interest, you know, to begin with. Let, let me let me try one more thing. Let me try one Okay. Please keep trying. Okay. Maybe think about it this way. This movie, to my mom's demographic, is their John Wick. 
There's nothing particularly <laughs> hold on now. There's nothing particularly new about it. There's nothing particularly different about it. It's just really well made fantasy. People, people listen, my mom could I could sit down and force my mom to watch John Wick and she would hate every minute of it and her criticisms of it would be fairly similar to the stuff that you guys are that you is particularly in particular Joey you're saying about this it's right. thin I, I don't get it I don't understand it it feels like the same old stuff why are they just shooting each other all the time like <laughs> just completely checked out of it now I watch John Wick and I'm like feel myself in the scene like rolling mm-hmm. over the counter and pulling the guy down and shooting him in the head I'm living that moment with him and my mom lives the Diane Keaton moments in this movie like she watches this movie and it's Stations of the Cross it's she's going through the motions of the experience because she wants to have that fantasy and so there, there are people for whom Nancy Meyer movies are total catnip for that reason well, I've met your mom, and she's a very sweet woman. So maybe I will love this movie because of that. You know, I don't. I'm not at all suggesting you have to like it. Like I said, I'm not going to watch it again ever. I, I could not sit through it again. But a, I think Keanu Reeves is charming, and b, I think it, I don't think it's that the movie's bad. I think that, as you said at the very beginning, it's just not at all our thing. Right. Can we also talk about how terrible that scene is where they're IMing each other? Yes. <laughs> but that, that must be sort of in the beginning of IMing becoming um, big. I remember. Right? So this is just this came out in 2000. Three. Okay. I remember I was in middle school when it really. It's been around since the late '90s at the very at the very latest. If not, I mean, it's been around for four or five years. But but also, I was thinking this this made me this made me think of all his movies with True when she was reading the True Confessions <laughs> when she was reading the message board posts. But at least there we had like some random you know whatever she thought the user was saying the post out loud. Here, we're just like, a lot of it is like, it's like cutting back and forth and trying to make it look exciting, like going between their reading. faces and yeah. the words. And just like, oh boy. Yeah, but I think that's just trying to show like old people know how to use technology too. <laughs> Don't write that. But they can't write out the words R or U. They just have to use letters for them. We also, in this movie, get a replacements reunion. Yes. There is one scene that Keanu and John Favreau share. They were teammates in the replacements. They're back here in a hospital. Jack Nicholson apparently I guess I guess when you own ten businesses or whatever he says he owns or whatever they say he owns, you need three assistants. <laughs> yeah, his entourage. I mean, it's just dumb, Uh-oh. right? It's just dumb. <laughs> the whole thing is just dumb. And it, there's no cause and effect, and there are no stakes, and there's no jeopardy, and there's no... Like <laughs> like I say, I'm not I'm not trying to apologize for the movie, but it's, it is just dumb. It's just dumb. And and we, we like dumb movies, too. We just like different dumb movies. Yes, that's fair. I expected Frances McDormand to play a bigger role. Well, she I guess... She had one cool moment, and then... Kind of not. In the grand scheme of things, she plays an important role because she plays matchmaker, and when Keanu's holding the peach, and he, like, you know, I guess she encourages him to buy the flowers for to give to Diane Keaton to give to Keanu to apologize, which is, like, I, <laughs> I, I get why that scene is amazing for the people who love this movie. Like, you know, this beautiful man showing up and being like, I'm ready for you to apologize to me. Like, oh, like, how are you not going to take him back? I got you something great at the farm stand. These are for you to give me when you apologize. 
But I just he delivers that line so well with the flowers. He says, "I got these for you to give to me to apologize." That is so hard to do to not be too saccharine or to not and to not be too thin. I get it that that you guys really want more out of him and more out of out of this movie. But I had me (laughs) swooning at that moment. I am Diane Keaton in that moment. I'm like, oh, I want my Valentine's Keanu to stab me in the chin and like watch my eyes as the life drains out of my body. Like that's the love and the passion that I want to see from him. There you go. This is him in full, like even with the hair, this is him in full Hollywood hunk mode. He's perfect in every way. He's the job that you most aspire to. He's very good at it. He's personable. He lives in a wealthy area. Like, there's nothing bad about him. Like, he is kind of like the... Okay, this is... He might be the manic pixie dream boy yes. that, like, teaches yes. Diane Keaton how <laughs> yes. to love. I'm like, I've never seen this yes. in the movie. Yes, yes. And that... that's, this is why I think part of it part of it feels so uncomfortable. This is the kind of role that, <laughs> that, women, that women are asked to play over and over and yes. over and over again. And, and, I, and I know that, when, you know, back when I, w- I would teach a class called Web Series... A production and we would make web series and occasionally we'd have a female protagonist and she would have a best friend who maybe was in love with her or not who was a guy and time and again the guys pl- actors playing those roles would, would would complain all through the shoot because they had nothing to do they were just sort of there and like that's because that us- job is usually given to the woman to be the wife the girlfriend the whatever of the of the main character and in this case it's the love interest he is the empty vacuous perfect love interest in this movie and there is some I think disconnect that it's a dude playing that role and not allowed to show much more range than than that, you know? But, like, if it's been good enough for women all this time, it's it's damn well good enough for Keanu, too. I'd go with that. <laughs> I just want I I, that. Yeah, I just want that in, like, a, a Zoe, like a Zoe Kazan or a Zoe Deschanel, not in a Keanu. I just wish if that were the case, he would be maybe a little quirkier, but I guess he's quirky enough for her he, he, taste, he for their liking. At their first date, he leans over and kisses her neck and says, I knew you would smell good. And she says, it's just soap. I knew you'd smell good. It's just soap. Erica. Hi. You're incredibly sexy. No. swear to God. I'm not. Now, I mean, come on. How quirky. Like, I, I've never done that in a date. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I should. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's what's missing. One thing I couldn't stop thinking about regarding Keanu, Dr. Keanu was just, like, how easy his job seemed to me. Like, he's this, you know, like, nothing ever happens in that hospital that he has time to pick up women and do whatever, and like, someone calls for him, like, oh, we need you, and he's like, all right. Yeah, the most like, the most minute. pressing thing is when the woman's like, oh, there's someone who might need a few stitches, and he's just <laughs> yes. like, all right, I'll be right there, like, just like, keep him warm for me, basically. I'm talking to two beautiful women, three, three beautiful women here. This is very sweet of you. First year of medical school, you learn what can keep you up all night without making you nuts. <laughs> you know, I uh, I heard you had a house in the Hamptons. Hmm? I really am a big fan. I think I've seen every play you've ever written. I, I think some were written before your time. I mean, there's some Marin's never even seen. No, I'm pretty sure I've seen them all. And I saw the last one twice. Julian, we've got to walk in. May need stitches. Okay, thanks. I'll check on Mr. Sanborn. If he's asleep, you all might want to get some shut-eye and come back in the morning. Great to meet you, Erica. Ladies... Just like oh come fantasy. on, Keanu. fantasy, fantasy. Yes, it, I get it. It's maybe maybe this it, maybe imagine that this movie is just the dream sequence in in another movie, and someone's going to wake up in like <laughs> some terrible like Skynet apocalypse or whatever, and they've been dreaming this movie. That's what this movie is. Yeah. <laughs> 
What escape? else bothered me about this movie? Tell us. Tell us what else bothered you. There's actually two or three things that I thought were actually kind of interesting going on. I thought it was funny when Diane Keaton was crying while she was typing. Like, that got me to laugh out loud. I thought <laughs> that exhibited good comic timing and funny circumstantial writing. That played to me, that part. I thought that was clever. And then we also, she also does a nude scene. Has she ever yes. done like a, a full frontal nude scene like that? So this was in this was in IMDb. She'd never done a full frontal nude scene before. She'd been topless in the 70s. Yeah. But I mean, this is like 25 years later. So good for you, Diane Keaton. Absolutely. There was a point in this movie where I sort of looked down for, you know, maybe a couple of minutes or whatever. It's when she's writing the screenplay and she's just making noises. Like she's crying <laughs> and screaming. Oh my God. And like, and laughing too, right? It's like, it's like all the emotions. Like, look how great of a writer I am. I, I do all of all my emotions time. just pour out. Of- <laughs> that's, how, that's what it's like at my desk every day. I didn't see it that way so much. Well, I didn't see it at all. I I saw it as, like, first, this was, like, hard for her to do. She was, like, actually crying because it was, like, very emotional. And then after a while, like, it made her feel good because she was it was getting out of her system and eventually she it was just like hysterical she was in hysterics because she was finishing her entire play like in an afternoon and it was cathartic i just thought that that was pretty interesting you know another question i have is where jack's regular doctor is he's coming out to the hamptons on vacation and has this heart attack and goes to the er and meets keanu dreamy keanu who's only put like taking care of stitches or whatever in this er like he has this entourage, who, as you say, who eventually shows up and John Favreau is, who, as his assistant and all this stuff. And he never references another – like he, he, he references medications he's on. Presumably someone prescribed these medications to him. But never anywhere is that, oh, we'll let your regular doctor know. Your cardiologist should keep an eye on blah, 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 blah. These are the clues that are telling me that this movie is not at all interested in realism in that, in that way. Which, again, I would not allow out of my class that way but <laughs> but but it's, it's sort of the way this movie the only way to appreciate this movie is to sort of go with that because even in new york he doesn't have a doctor he no. just has that other like random doctor yeah and he's man, a 63 year old man like you should have a doctor yeah and he's 67 in real life when they made this movie and yep. amanda pete was 32 so she's less than half his age although she claims to be under 30 in the movie which could could potentially be a third of his his age and right and Dan Keaton was 58 when they put this together in you know in real life so they're all playing roughly close to their a little younger everyone's playing a little younger but that's i guess hollywood that's totally hollywood one odd thing in the credits as they roll at the beginning of the movie is to see Michael Ballhouse's name come up as the DP. This is Scorsese's DP for oh. Gangs of New York and Goodfellas and The Departed, where he would have worked with Jack as well. And wow. Yeah, he, he, made, he's, he has made a lot of muscular male movies. And then, so it was just sort of a bit of a shock to see his name come up at the beginning of this. Well, this is like a total walk in the park, right? (laughs) (laughs) Everything is just so flat lit. Well, actually, when the lights go out, there's some nice sort of mood lighting going on, and it's all very romantic at points. But I mean, for the most part, this didn't seem like there weren't many artistic strokes involved. It's just everything is just meant to look beautiful. Like the whole thing's meant to look beautiful. That's that's the goal. And you know, that's fine. It's not again, it's not my favorite. It's not my favorite of his stuff at all, but it does look pretty. Speaking of the DP, the second unit DP is Pierre Morel, who was the director of Taken. Oh, yeah. So both DPs in this of note. Wow. 
oh, when you said that Jack Nicholson was 63 or 60, 67 in this movie, he was born in 1937, so that's why his IM username is Harry37, so a little bit of a nod to his oh. actual age. Oh. We also have another reunion. Patrick Fischler is back. I guess he escaped that elevator in Speed. Oh, okay, yeah, he comes, he's the, the stagehand, right? He comes in and he's like, where do you want the Dancing Harrys or something like that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that guy's been in so many things and never a prominent part in anything that I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. Jack Nicholson turned down starring in Bad Santa to be in this movie. I think that worked Really? I think that worked out for everybody. <laughs> 20th Century Fox declined making this movie, saying that the leads were too old, but on an $80 million budget, it made $266 million worldwide. And I'm sure Whoa. people like Tobin's mm-hmm. mom have recouped that more oh, than totally. over on DVD sales. And you know this plays on cable to that demographic, too. I mean, and 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 the, this, this runs deep, right? Like, Father the Bride was one of a few movies that my mom owned multiple copies of and would have playing in different rooms at the same time, so she could walk. <laughs> from room to room oh. and the movie would be going like that that and French Kiss and there's one other one I can't remember but anyway this was a hit like this woman makes movies that that make their money back for sure but the intern with De Niro and that I mean I like that I really like that movie I couldn't oh, <laughs> and I don't man, know why that's when it. I saw who like I looked up who Nancy Myers was and I was like oh most of these movies are not for me but like oh the intern I don't know why I like the intern but I like the intern it might have been because I watched it on an airplane oh, which yeah. I liked right. just <laughs> about everything airplane, airplane movie Could be, I, it's the high probably, altitude I liked the Lone Ranger <laughs> when I was on an airplane so I mean Ooh. there's I will really pretty well, much like I like that on I like that sitting in a theater <laughs> Who am I to speak? Oh, another thing, going way back to the beginning of this podcast when Tobin was talking about gross Jack Nicholson, when he and Diane Keaton are about to have Miss McGill's tea, and he's like, <laughs> do you have protection? And she says, menopause. And he says, who's the lucky boy? And I was like, ugh. ugh. <laughs> oh, God. What about birth control? Menopause. Who's the lucky boy? <laughs> Agreed. That was cringy. He's awful. And several Viagra jokes in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Which I was like, is that even... Are we still joking about Viagra? Wow. <laughs> well, 14 years ago, I guess we were. I think that's all I have. Creepy old man the movie is what I would have called this. <laughs> Keanu does ask, speaking of Viagra, Keanu does ask Mr. Sandborn, did you take any Viagra today? And I wrote down jokes. <laughs> Mr. Sandborn, did you take any Viagra today? Mr. Sanborn? No. No Viagra. Okay, good. Just needed to be sure because I put nitroglycerin into your drip. And if you had taken Viagra, the combination could be fatal. But that's it. I got nothing. Yeah. I own this DVD forever now. Oh, see, I just I just rented it. Tobin, do you have anything else to say about this movie? <laughs> no, I think I, I, I did not expect to come in and, and be the big defender <laughs> of something's got to give, because I really did not enjoy it. But Usually, I, but I... that job falls on Mike's shoulders. He's usually the defender of <laughs> movies that nobody else likes, but I'm glad to hear that he was on my side for this one. I tell you, what I would watch this movie again is if someone had made a supercut of Keanu's scenes. I would watch that again, and my mom probably would too. I bet what I should do is find that, find something like that, or maybe make one and give it to my mom for her birthday. What was with all the beautiful women at the beginning of the movie? 
That's his fantasy. Right. That's establishing Jack Nicholson's Ugh. fantasy. And, and 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 not only that, but to the degree to which this movie is at all subversive, what that's giving us is the usual beauty. And this movie is going to be interested in this woman who's in her late 50s, this guy who's in his 60s. You know what I mean? Like the images of beauty that the movie is going to aspire to are still beautiful or just our ambitions. They still are beautiful, but they're different than the sort of glossy, you know, hair blowing in the wind kind of commercial stuff that you get at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> you don't buy it. All right, fine. But that, I, think that's, I think that's what it is. I think that's what they're going for. Probably. I completely forgot about that because there's, it's so against type for the rest of the movie that I was just looking on YouTube for like a Keanu supercut, and that was one of the first things that came up. And I was just like, oh, all right. I forgot about that. But yeah. Yeah. Mike, do you have anything else to say? You know, I mean, I guess it's not all that bad, you know, now that we've <laughs> talked about it and now that I think about it a little more. And I accept it more in the realm of just like a modern version of one of those screwball 40s romantic relationship comedies mm-hmm. of some kind and it's just it's interesting that it deals with the older crowd so i think that's interesting it does remind me of lots of other movies like i thought i had seen this before but it was actually the one with jack nicholson and helen hunt you know and then i also got this confused with the other movie with meryl streep and alec baldwin where they're divorced but start having an affair which is also Um, it's complicated is it yeah. Oh, okay. So that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, I get that there's this market, and not now, but that I'm just sort right. of starting to recognize it, right? Like, <laughs> my my sight can see it now. I've lifted the veil <laughs> on whatever this is. And so, so I understand it. I understand why. But yeah, just it's not for me. Well, thank you for joining us, Tobin, and for, you know, bringing some of this discussion. If it was just me and Mike, I think this would have been like four minutes long. Like, <laughs> oh, yep, no, we're good. Yeah. You'll be back in nine Keanu years for Side by Side, the documentary. Oh, yay. That's, so, that'll be fun. We've got so many Keanu documentaries coming up that I, I, it's, it's, I hope that he's featured in them more and not like Johnny Ramone documentary where Cage is in for like a minute, but we'll see. We got a lot of, you know, possibly questionable Keanu Club content, so <laughs> you'll be back in a few months for that, so stay tuned. Okay. And we also have something else special coming up with Tobin that will launch sometime this year. I don't know when, sometime. We gotta figure out what's going on with that, but stay tuned for all things Tobin at cageclub.me that's and right. facebook.com slash cageclub. That's right. And that's also the two places that you can find everything else that we do. All the other Keanu episodes, all the Cage episodes, Shia, Zack Attack, now and again, other things that might have launched by now. Who knows? We have so many irons in the fire that I don't know when things come out. So just go there and see what we've done. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And that was Tobin Addington. And we'll see you next time on Keanu Club. Come, my lady. Come, come, my lady. You're my butterfly. Sugar, baby. Come, my lady. Come, come, my lady. You're my butterfly. Sugar, baby. Such a sexy, sexy, pretty little thing. This table bitch, you got me sprung with your tongue ring. And I ain't gonna lie, cause your loving gets me high. So to keep you by my side, there's nothing that I won't try. Butterflies in her eyes and her looks to kill. Time is passing, I'm asking, could this be real? Cause I can't sleep. I can't hold still. The only thing I really know is she got sex appeal. I can feel. Too much is never enough. You always there to lift me up when these times get rough. I was lost, now I'm found. Ever since you've been around, you're the woman that I want, so you're putting it down. Come, my lady, come, come, my lady. You're my butterfly, sugar, baby. Come, my lady, you're my pretty baby. You're my intellectual, you make me go crazy. Come, my lady, come, come, my lady. You're my butterfly, sugar, baby. Come, my lady, you're my pretty baby. I'll make your legs shake, you make me go crazy. 
was the lucky boy. <laughs>